this was after our conversation of if you were following that uh, election stuff last night <laughs> closely, I, I think there's something wrong with you. You're like the NFL junkie who's watching uh, a the, mock drafts. Or the combine. On draft day. <laughs> um, you two deserve some sort of awards, says this texture. I watch cable Agreed. news. Agreed. <laughs> I got one for the fourth hour. Yeah. I watch cable news and it makes me either want to punch someone in the face or hug my toddler. Of course, as we pointed out last week, the, the audience for cable news shows is incredibly tiny. Their influence is outsized, however. No doubt. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, listen, on a completely different topic, uh, please welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show, Drew Harwell, the Washington Post's national tech reporter, reporting on the latest from the always wacky and fascinating Elon Musk and uh, Tesla. Hello, Drew. How are you? Hey, hey, great. How are you? Good. Terrific. Thanks for uh, being with us this morning. Has Elon started drinking heavily or has he lost his <laughs> mind? Does anybody know? Is anyone reporting on that? <laughs> He has talked about the joys of Ambien and wine in the middle of the night. But <laughs> as, as far as I know, he hasn't tucked into it. But you could sort of expect it because what he did yesterday by tweeting about going private, you know, this deal that would be multi-billion dollar, huge deal, um, a lot of money on the line. The fact that he just sort of spilled it out um, in the middle of the day um, sort of made people think that something was going on. Yeah, he tweeted, am considering taking Tesla private at $420 funding secured, meaning $420 per share, buying back all of the stock and taking it private, which would be an enormous amount of money. I also note that it's 420 That's the uh, stoner slang for time to blaze it up. And our, our producer, yeah. Positive Sean, has done the math, and that would be a valuation of... Well, this was from Drew Harwell's oh, tweet. I'm sorry, yeah, Drew yeah. did the math. Yeah, did the math, and this would put his company value right around sixty nine billion in parentheses. Nice. Now, is Elon Musk a thirteen year old? <laughs> At heart, I think he is. The other, I mean, Elon loves these sorts of jokes. He loves calling the factory the alien dreadnought. He he he's <laughs> he's a little boy and a nerd at heart. He, also, the names of all the cars. Uh, there's the Model S, the Model Three, the Model X, and the uh, oncoming Model Y. They spell out sexy if you if you spell it out. So you know, Elon loves this sort of stuff. He's he's so unlike the typical boring chief above a company, especially above the nation's most valuable automaker, which Tesla is. Wow. Um, so that he just totally throws people off their off their guard. And, and I love him. Don't make you know. Don't mistake my uh, ribbing for dislike. I think he's, he's a fascinating guy. Well, um, how much do you think the four twenty and sixty nine was an on purpose joke? It almost has to be, doesn't it? I mean, it almost has to be. I mean, I think the 421 especially was because this is just how Elon talks. But it's sort of a, it's sort of a question because it, it, it's right in the middle of, like, the jokes and the ability to, like, make shareholders a lot of money, where they don't necessarily feel like joking about that, you know. But, I, I, you know, it would not surprise me because they haven't offered any other reasoning behind why it would be 420. The stock is nowhere close to 420 right, right now. Right, It was a weird number <laughs> to pick. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And oh, then, and how much did he laugh when he realized, wait a minute, 420 t- times the number of outstanding stocks is $69 billion. Oh, this is the greatest day of my life. I mean, <laughs> so who halted trading? Was that something that the, 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 the market stepped in on that? Uh, Tesla asked for that. You know, okay. but typically, companies, before they do something this big, they halt trading before they break the news. Right. They, they want to make sure that everybody you know, has time to uh, digest the, what's happening, and so there's no huge market swings. Uh, Tesla, as always, did it the 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 more unconventional way, where Elon right. tweeted it. They they froze the stock a couple minutes after, uh, not a couple minutes, a while after, and then the stock was frozen for ninety minutes. Did Before he ref- that? You know, the stock spiked, and 
after it spiked a little bit, too. And then he referred everyone to CFO Seymour Butts. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> so, listen, I, I love the unconventional way he does uh, deals with the market. I love that he rails against the, the quarterly report thing and how that drives so much corporate strategy. He's absolutely right about that. I, I love that he calls out reporters uh, during conference calls to say their questions are boring and stupid. <laughs> but I, mm-hmm. I, I do wonder, is he... Is he perhaps maybe in danger of violating SEC rules by, you know, quote unquote, manipulating the stock price? That's what we're going to find out very quickly. I mean, it's he, he put out one nine word tweet yesterday and it's all of a sudden this huge battleground for was this fraud? I mean, is he is he saying a deal just to like boost the stock price and, you know, squash all the people who doubt him, all these short sellers that he's constantly slamming on Twitter did he do that uh, without having the funding to actually make the deal become real? Um, if so, that would be a huge problem for SEC regulators. Mm-hmm. They hate that stuff, and they, they investigate stock manipulation and fraud all the time. It seems like him going on Twitter and announcing it is very unconventional, but it's probably something they won't balk at too much. I mean, uh, but, you know, a lot of people were saying, like, how should shareholders be expected to be following Elon's Twitter at every moment? You know, that's just right. not a part of how how regulators want the, the markets to run. Yeah, it, but it, we it, need a it, we need a childish that. prank exception to the law. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly. Well, on the list of things I like about Elon Musk, I like the way he challenged uh, uh, areas all over the country on the ridiculous rules that you have to have a dealership in your state to sell cars and just crap like that to try to keep out competition. Classic crony capitalism, yeah. But um do, do you think this the, the tesla is gonna work i mean is there just enough of a market for that product for it to work at this point what i know yeah i mean what i know is that tesla has a fan base unlike almost any other company um the the people who love tesla love tesla they love elon they love the 420 jokes they love his tweets it's a it's an exciting company to follow if he's not working on amazing electric cars he's doing rockets that fly to space. I mean, so it's not a problem of getting, you know, this army of Elon, this cult of Elon. But the the problem has always been, can they make enough of these cars and sell them that they can actually make money and sustain a business that has thousands of employees and, like, get beyond the joke? I mean, Elon has done incredible work. You know, the company effectively doesn't advertise, and yet we're talking about it all the time. True. That's that's, pretty amazing. That's something special. You know, we're not talking about Ford or Honda right now. That makes 10 times, 100 times as many cars. Um, but, you know, can can Elon make money from it? That's what everybody really wants to know. And, and now going private, you know, this is going to be a company that we're going to have even less visibility into how it performs. They're going to have even less boring bonehead questions from people like me um, sort of holding them to test. Elon wants that. Elon doesn't want to answer to these quarterly demands. But can they make the business run for a quarter, a year, become profitable over time. That's, that's the big question. Is he rich enough to uh, take losses for a long time to, to try to make it come out the other end? He could sit pretty for as long as he wants. I mean, okay. he's, he's very rich from PayPal. He has 20% of Tesla. But um, Tesla itself, I mean, it's got $2 billion in the bank, which is a lot to you and me, but it's not a lot for a company that burns almost a billion every quarter um, and that has $10 billion in debts. Um that, that's the other thing. Elon said funding was secured for this deal. Those two words are going to mean everything because um, you need a lot of money to buy out all these shareholders, take it off the public markets. 
Um, yesterday, we learned that Saudi Arabia had taken a big stake in, in Tesla, which is kind of weird because they're a company known for their oil, but they're also very rich and they like these flashy technological things. They've been investing in a lot of those. So um, is, is Saudi money going to be helping Elon take Tesla private? Is it some other benefactor, some other, you know, all of these are big questions that typically with these deals, you know, the answers ahead of time. They've lined up a bunch of banks or private invest, equity investors, so you know what you're getting. This time, it's all just a shot in the dark. So um, it, it, it's really what Elon says goes right now. A lot of us want him to succeed just because of, you know, just, well, all the things we mentioned earlier. Um, but well, and if you root against him, he's liable to call you a pedo. <laughs> <laughs> I'd almost forgotten about that, Drew, until you reminded us in your article. Drew Harwell of the uh, National, uh, I'm sorry, the Washington Post is online. I, I got to admit, and I wonder if this factors into uh, Tesla sales. When, when I think about getting a Tesla, every time I see one, I think I want to get one. Yeah. Uh, I've wanted to get one for a long time, but I think, is the company here for the long haul? And then am I going to be able to sell a car if the company doesn't exist anymore or need a part? I mean, p- people have to worry about that, don't they? Yeah, they really do. I mean, the you know, when you buy a Tesla right now, it probably runs great. It's a fun car. It gets great reviews. But you have a car for 10 years, 20 years, you hope. Um, and, you know, Tesla has not exactly been able to build out this huge part stockpile where, you know, some people are going on Twitter and saying, hey, I've had this car and I, I dinged the bumper and I can't get it replaced for several months. Um, you know, you take for granted the infrastructure that places like Honda and Ford have where you can take it to any dealership. You can fuel it up at any gas station. It's, it, you know, you can take it wherever you want. Tesla is, is a much more uh, constrained operation. Mm. And you don't know. If I hadn't even thought about that. I hadn't yeah, even thought about yeah. that. And and if you have a car, you, you spend 80 grand on, 100 grand or whatever, that's a lot of money. And then the company doesn't even exist anymore. When you go to sell it in five years, that'd be a problem. Yep. Drew Harwell is the national tech reporter for the Washington Post. Drew, it's always a pleasure. Thanks a million for the time. Enjoyed it. Yeah, thanks, guys. Great to talk. Thanks. I mean, I don't want to hurt their business or anything. I root oh, no, no, for no. Tesla. But no. if, you had, if you bought a $100,000 car and the company goes away, you might have a car that's worth next to nothing. In five, seven years. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, as long as it runs, you're all right. But no, you're you're right. That's a concern. I don't see Tesla going away. But you don't think so? I don't know. They're burning a lot of he cash. He just seems but... so mercurial. I could just see him think, you know what? Eh, screw this. I, yeah. I'm really into the rocket thing. I'm going to pull my energy into that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I hope I'm wrong, just because I like it as a disruptor. I like it disrupting all kinds of things. Yes, yeah, and I, I just, I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, all the reviews and the ones I've ridden in, our agent drives one, they're just freaking awesome cars. And when that Hyperloop gets going, it will be such an utter, complete, owning, mullering humiliation of the idiot, idiot bullet train that I'm rooting for him uh, in his, all his projects. Give us the Hyperloop, Elon. I'll be the first to ride it. Please don't squish me. You want a humiliation. I I do. I do want very much to humiliate uh, those behind the Crony Express. So which direction seems like a good flavor coming up? Let's see. I live northeast of here. No, no, going home isn't an option yet. Okay. Maybe later in the show. Oh, we have all sorts of great stuff. It's it's, it's a, a long list. Oh, hey, I teased this. The government of Ontario is ending the basic income project. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See how that worked out. It's been tried various places around the world. A lot of people right and left think it's the answer to society's problems. Guaranteed income. And napping pods coming to your city soon. Yes, please. Stay Taking tuned. a nap. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Journal, President Trump's ex-lawyer Michael Cohen is being investigated for tax fraud, which is surprising because usually he's hired for tax fraud. Oh, I get it. The guy, the guy is such a crook. Uh-huh. There, there are people that clearly just they what they are is just criminals. That's what your whole life is built around. You've been doing it your whole life? Oh, yeah. This is what you do. This is what you're good at. This is how you raised your family, your kids, your wife, your house, your car, everything. Everything. You're a criminal. Manafort's one of those. And the, and the people that are testifying now against him. Marshall's right. got the latest on that in his news coming up. And Cohen? And Cohen, Correct. yeah. Thanks, sir. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lisa McLeod, the progressive conservative member of uh, the Canadian Parliament, I believe, that's right. The party is called the Progressive Conservative Party. Hmm. Uh, also, uh, Children, Community, and Social Services Minister of the Legislative Assembly of Ontario announced that they would end the city's basic income pilot project, calling it expensive and, quote, clearly not the answer for Ontario families. Now, we've, we've <clears throat> talked about this a lot. We had on Charles Murray to talk about it. He's a libertarian and, uh, and thinks it would be good for America. Uh, it's been tried in Finland and various places around the world. The idea being everybody gets, you're guaranteed to get this much money, mm-hmm. no matter what. No matter what you do with your life, you're guaranteed this much money. For instance, a single person in Ontario, uh, about 17000 a year. And people like me immediately scream, you're going to give lazy, no good bums money for doing nothing? I scream. Right. And then it's pointed out by the Charles Murray types, who has no place in his heart for lazy, no good bums, but says if you eliminate all the other programs, it actually ends up cheaper, and then you get into the whole gives people the dignity to look for work, which is you're getting to more theory here than numbers. Right, and also that within a community, if somebody has no money at the end of the month, everybody started the same, <clears throat> and they also, will feel social pressure to be more responsible. That's also hopeful theory, which might be true, but it's mm-hmm. also more theory than just the math. The math of the programs thing is what really caught me. It actually costs less to give everybody this much money if you eliminate all these other freaking programs we right, got. Right. In the wake of our conversation with Mr. Murray, I read a fair amount about it and, and came to be a fan of it in, in theory. Uh, the problem being, uh, on a practical political level, you will never, ever, ever, ever get the rest of the programs tossed no, out. No, no. You just, and you even just, if you got them tossed out for a day, they'd be back the next day. You'd just be adding another program. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, you know, it's it's unachievable, unfortunately. This is How interesting. The theories? <clears throat> Do you think the theories hold true? If everybody in a poor neighborhood, every everybody knew everybody was getting a check, then when Lazy Bum is down on his luck, do people then say, hey, he was getting the same amount of money? That's his problem that he's out of money. Yeah. Yeah. You think that would happen? I think so, yeah. It seems like it would. Yeah, it made sense to me anyway, but I don't know. Um, This is interesting. A person would have received up to uh, about $17,000 a year minus half of any income he or she earned. 
That's interesting. That's not been part of some of the programs no. I've read about because I don't think that was Murray's platform. You get because that's it, a disincentive to work, which is what this right. tries to avoid the the disincentive to work at all and the dreaded uh, welfare cliff, mm-hmm. where between say it, it doesn't make sense to work at all unless you can make sixty five thousand dollars. Otherwise, you'll net less money because your programs will be cut. Which is an insidious, insidious enslavement of people who who are on a lot of government programs, and why a lot of conservative black activists call, um, you know, the government dole the new plantation because you can't get off of it. Yeah, Sean, were you going to throw in a comment? Uh, yeah, I, I'm almost certain I'm going to mess up the the phrasing of this, but I heard a, I heard someone claim that the the largest tax hike or tax increase that anyone ever faces is going from getting money back to paying because you're losing everything that you got in addition to that that first step into now I'm I'm paying taxes. Hmm. And that kind of rung true to me in a lot of in a lot of strange ways that was that welfare cliff that you were discussing. Yeah, I'd like to see th- those numbers. I mean, if you go from making say under whatever the the uh-huh. cap is to $5,000 more what that actually costs you in taxes, I'd be curious to uh, to hear that. Um uh, just she said it was not sustainable. Shock, anger. They would end it responsibly, etc. Um, and then the typical demagoguery on y- both your, sides. Your point is the, is the main one. You'd never be able to wind down all the programs that we've got. No, or even even <clears throat> maybe even any of them. No, the power to hand out money is government's greatest power, and they will not give it up willingly unless you get a generation of leaders who are. Uh, far, far more principled than than average politicians. Once again, I suggest you read the absolutely fabulous book, The Dictator's Handbook, uh, which talks about how different political systems function, but they're all the same in that they all collect money, control the treasury, and then hand it out to ensure support. And and they don't willingly give it up. Um. Anyway, I've talked about Canada for a solid seven, eight minutes now and not... Seems like enough. Not mentioned at all my harsh anti-Canadian bigotry. So New York is starting these sleeping private sleeping Bunch of pods. Moose slappers. What? Private sleeping pods that you can <laughs> rent by the hour. And uh, they're going to see how that works. And obviously, it will. If it does work, it'll spread to other cities across uh, the country. Can I hire two men to carry one around behind me at all times, <laughs> <laughs> so that when I feel sleepy, which is usually. I'll have it. The keyword to me being private. If they're private sleeping pods, uh, somebody's got an investment, so they would have a reason to keep them clean and right. safe. Right. Because when I first heard about sleeping pods, I thought, well, it's going to be like public restrooms. They're going to be, you know, there'll be people turning tricks, doing heroin inside them, and full of human feces. And oh I'm boy, never, oh, I'm not sure I can fall asleep. <laughs> I'm having trouble. Yeah. I just hey, keep, keep jostling me. I'm turning a trick. <laughs> yeah, I know you are. I didn't ask you what you're doing. But the idea when it's go go world, you know, you just drop by the sleep pod, grab yourself a half hour cat nap, and then you're back to it. Taking a nap. They got sound, you know, soundproof and oh, all that. Oh yes, sounds please. pretty. Sounds pretty right awesome. Now, yeah, no kidding. What's coming up? Your news, Marshall. <laughs> we did it. He did it. I did it. More testimony from the Paul Manafort trial coming up. And who bought the Brady Bunch house? Mystery solved. Yeah, Minutes it's a from pretty now. good story. The Partridge Family. <laughs> you're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
We got this here text line on the private sleeping pods. A private sleeping pod? That's my Ford F-150. Yeah, that's me, yeah. you and me too, brother. Yeah. I uh, love it. Private sleeping pods. I can't wait to flatulate in one of those. Guerrilla terrorism! <laughs> afflict the comfortable! <laughs> what? Afflict the comfortable? <laughs> wow. On the welfare cliff thing, this is kind of interesting. <laughs> I uh, don't think that expression means the physically comfortable at that moment. <laughs> You see somebody sitting with their legs crossed. You're not supposed to kick them. (laughs) Afflict the comfortable. Uh, We own a local business. We pay over minimum wage but lose employees all the time because if they keep working, they won't qualify for benefits, food stamps, help with college, etc. Right. The welfare cliff. People respond to incentives and disincentives. We got this text. Welfare cliff was the saddest character on the cheers. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Naomi. I got to wait for my check, Naomi. Poor welfare cliff. Oh, boy. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. And it's going to take time. California's fire officials now say they don't expect to gain control of the two fires forming the Mendocino Complex wildfire until September. Cal Fire is saying today the fire burning near Clear Lake in Northern California is now up to more than 300,000 acres, destroyed 116 homes since starting on July the 27th. Well, and given the enormity of the thing and the uh, terrain, yes. saying, I think in about three weeks we may have her, uh, you know, contained, yes. surrounded, that's that's not terrible news. I mean, it's sobering, but it's not terrible. In Southern California, the Holy Fire in the Cleveland National Forest, right in the Orange County, Riverside County lines, that's burned over 4,000 acres. Again, as of this morning, only about 5% contained there. Now, the questioning of Paul Manafort's protege during the political consultant's tax evasion and fraud trial continuing today. Yesterday, under cross-examination, Rick Gates admitted to stealing money from Manafort in part to fund an extramarital affair. Gates saying he used the money to pay for an apartment in London, and he was flying back and forth first class from the U.S. to England and stayed at luxury hotels during his relationship. Now the defense probably one of the appeals to the uh, young lady he was courting mm. was the uh, first class hotels and yes all that sort of stuff. A defense attorney for President Trump's former campaign uh, chairman asked if Gates spent as much as three million dollars on the affair. Gates said he wasn't really sure. He didn't think it was that much. Three million dollars on your affair with money that you both are stealing from all kinds of different places. Yep. Or just um, taking from brutal dictators for yeah. legitimate lobbying work. So he tortures dissidents. A lot of people do. That's a hell of a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, more amusing exchanges uh, of the day came when attorney Kevin Downing asked Gates whether he remembered being told by prosecutors he could be sentenced to 290 months in prison in connection with the tax and bank fraud case. Downing then corrected himself, noting a potential sentence was actually up to 290 years. Gates saying he wasn't sure, but he quipped, I liked your first answer better, 290 months. 290 Hilarious. years they were threatening yeah, him with. So he was being threatened with possibly the rest of his life in jail and told by the the special counsel, by Mueller's crowd, that if you cooperate with us, we can we can maybe keep you out of jail completely. Wow. So it's the difference between the rest of your life in jail or no jail. That'd make you flip. It'd also make you make up stuff, perhaps. Turn on my mother. (laughs) Well, Well, they have transcripts of all the 20, was it, coaching sessions that the defense attorneys are going through as carefully as possible to to see whether his answers started to move in the direction that the prosecutors want. 
Um, and, and, you know, that could be a tall order, but, but does, like does, you say, I, it's like they say about torture. I would say anything, anything to make it stop. Does the special counsel just, did, did Mueller just come across Manafort and think this man has really deprived America of a lot of tax revenue and is going that enthusiastically after him over that? Or, or is he, does he think there's something bigger out there? I think that's enough, probably. It's a massive case of tax fraud. And then you let this other scumbag just walk for turning in that guy. I know that happens in the mob and yeah, stuff all the yeah. time, but God dang it. That, They're probably there's gonna, no justice there. Probably going to take all his money. Yeah. We now know who it was that bought the house whose exterior was used to represent the Brady family's home in the Brady Bunch. Da-da-da-da-da. HGTV is the new owner. The CEO of the parent company announced the news saying more details to come over the next few months, but we will bring all the resources to bear to tell safe, fun stories with this beloved piece of American TV history. What a great investment for them, whatever it costs them. Do we know the amount? I do not. Um, uh, Because they they said they're going to rehab it to make it look exactly like it did in the TV show. And then, you know, they're going to do all kinds of wacky stuff uh, for their their various shows that will have nostalgia appeal and... I hate nostalgia. But I remember one, when nostalgia was so much better. One of the Backstreet Boys was trying to buy Lance it. Bass, yeah. And, uh, and, and he doesn't understand why he came up short. Short. He thinks he got cheated somehow. Yeah, he thought he put in the winning bid, but then uh, and he thought the bidding was closed, but then uh, HGTV came in and bam, what, bought it out. Why did Lance Bass want it? Uh, just because it ought to be funny? The house? Uh, he was offering uh, $1.8 million for it, so you know, HGTV came in with whatever they came in with. You know, if I could have bought it, I'd have bought it, and I'd be in the study, and I'd have my kids come in, and I'd give them advice. Hmm. They'd stand up on the staircase on the railing and look down. Sure. Share one bathroom. <laughs> I was kind of surprised, surprised to learn that Lance Bass had an extra $2 million yeah, to yeah. throw around. I think that's surprising to everyone. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. See, I'm Strong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. In sync was gigantic. But I guess a lot of people have a good couple of years and then but, are yeah, broke. But you know, yeah. oftentimes the, uh, the, the the non-giant star doesn't end up with that much money. Was he an NSYNC or a yeah, Backstreet yeah. Boy? Whatever he was. He was an NSYNC. Yeah. So he was found, he a Spice Girl? Yeah. He found that <clears throat> money in Timberlake's couch cushions. Right. right. Just, <laughs> yeah. Left over. Yeah, exactly. Oh, speaking of gifted dancers, the first male NFL cheerleaders are ready to take to the sidelines this coming season. Okay. Won't so, that be exciting for no one? So now. Responding to the desire of no one. To have this happen. Do you have more on that? Because I have comments. I have more on that, yes. <laughs> Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the, of nation. the nation. This for the award-winning fourth hour. Oh, boy. Poor San Francisco. One of the great cities that's ever existed on planet Earth, but going through a bit of a rough spell. So the scooters show up on the streets all of a sudden. Now people are pooping on the scooters. <laughs> wow. Bringing it's it crap. all together. It's crap. It's crap. That, that sounds like something I'd hire people to do <laughs> because it's so ridiculously ironic and over the top. So stay tuned for that story. 
Well, this is a great moment for the advancement of male rights. The NFL's first male dancers will hit the sidelines this season. Now, let me establish Isn't myself. This wonderful? And I get mocked for this, but let me establish myself as someone who thinks hot chicks dancing at athletic events is stupid, demeaning, base, and I just I've never understood it. It's you, just are dumb. Are you a homosexual? It's just I have dumb. reason to believe he is a homosexual. And then Sean brought this up yesterday, especially now that we are, in theory, more enlightened over this sort of thing. So I'm going to take this family-friendly event. Uh, I'm going to bring my kids, my wife, and you're a 50-year-old guy sitting there watching some 19-year-old in her underwear doing uh, stripper moves. Gyrating. That exactly. just seems odd. I've always thought it was odd, but it especially seems odd now. Yeah, these days it does have a bit of a clunky feel to it, doesn't it? Well, the only thing, the only reason it's there is these chicks are really hot and young and barely wearing any clothes, You're right. and they're putting themselves in sexual poses. Yes, that's okay. That's clearly, that's, what's happening. That's all. That's all right. Well, they're willing participants, right? Well, yeah, there I think it's d- basing Absolutely. on their end too. I know I sound like the Taliban, but I just <laughs> a little I'm, bit. <laughs> you want them in burkas? Is that what you want? You want them wearing a beekeeper outfit, huh? It's sexually liberating for them to put on their underwear and gyrate their pelvises it's a at you. Great way to marry an athlete or a guy who owns the local Ford dealership who's in the first row. That's yeah, well, what it's for. Gal's going to make a living. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, regardless of what you think of the phenomenon, it is a tad difficult to defend. Uh, the NFL will have at least a couple of fellers on the sidelines. Here's uh, now, one. What, what brought yes? this about? Who effing knows? Well, was somebody <laughs> arguing that it's unfair that there aren't men? Or, I think or a couple what? of fellers thought, uh, I dance for a living. I'd like to be seen. Uh, dancers Quentin Perone and Napoleon Ginnies have been preparing for the NFL season since they made the Rams cheerleading squad in March. There's uh, Mr. Ginnies, I believe, uh, dancing in a lavender tank top. That's a nice-looking tank top. We've known, a, fitting. we've known a couple of these people through the years or were former or whatever. Perfectly nice. You know, uh, you know that's fine. Um, it just, But it just seems weird that it exists. It's always seemed weird to me. Mm, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Perone and Ginny's success inspired 25-year-old Jesse Hernandez to try out for the New Orleans Saints Saints-Sations cheerleading squad. Um, he's, uh, I, I he's still waiting to hear, I think. I can understand how it started. So, but it just seems like, okay, back in the day, you had a bunch of guys doing a guy thing watching manly sports, and part of the whole guy thing is we stare at hot chicks and say, wow, she's hot. But You make it sound so base and primal. (laughs) But hasn't it moved away from that as it's become more of a, you know, the national pastime or whatever? So the guys are going to be barely dressed. Are they going to be doing sex moves, too? Uh, They're going to be doing the same moves as the gals. Okay. Which is interesting. I wonder if they'll change the choreography. Uh, I guess they wouldn't. I don't think they would. And there's been a lot in the news over the off season. A variety of uh, what do you what do you suppose you call them cheerleaders or what are you supposed to call these people? Yeah, cheerleaders. Uh, cheerleaders. Yeah, that's um, funny. They don't lead a lot of cheers. They kind of do, but <laughs> they're out there to put on underwear and gyrate. Shake exactly. It. Yeah. Um, uh, so some of these girls that shake it for the team for not a lot of money have been complaining that they don't get treated as well. There are various teams that had rules where if you show up at a restaurant and there's a player there, you have to leave. Right. Because you're not supposed to be there. And No fraternizing. And whether or not that's fair, I don't know. 
The, the team is those players. That's what's bringing in the gazillions of dollars. I can get another person. I need a certain number of blondes and a certain number of brunettes. I can get another one of you for nothing. So why don't you just stay away from them? <laughs> yeah. Mean, Maybe well, the labor, I don't know the specific labor laws or whatever, but from that standpoint, it makes sense to me. Well, and you're way, the point and, being, you're way down in the pecking order. You're uh, barely, you're, you're kind of like which hot dog we choose to put at the concession stand. Oh, it's far less important than that. Yeah, I absolutely. mean, way, way less. It would be. You are damn near a dime a dozen. In, yeah. in spite of their awesome skills as dancers, I mean, a lot of them, I can't, you know, dance as an art form ain't exactly my bailiwick, but, um, uh, I, I certainly admire how skilled they are. Is that what you're admiring? Yes. Yeah. I just I've I've always thought it was weird, but yeah, fair enough. But I think I was driving at a point. Oh yeah, uh, some of the teams were almost using them as escorts and probably going way too far. But in terms of the you know we don't even get paid to practice, blah blah blah. I, I say if you don't want the job, quit the job. Yeah. There's not that much money in doing what you do. Then you got to get a different job, and the reason right. there's not that much money is because there's lots of hot chicks that can dance. Well, and it, and there for, are many for, intangibles. Are. The fame is worth something. So if if you don't think it's a good bargain for you, quit, or hire some some nice fellows to dance. So the Rams got uh, fellers on the sideline. All right, gyrating. Uh, it's the it's admiring the teamwork. Somebody said we're supposed to. That's what we're supposed to get out of it. Well, in our conversation that we that we had yesterday, I said I I'm not opposed to having women be some sort of you know entertainment during the timeout breaks, but can they do like gymnastic routines or things that you know uh, accentuate their their strength or their athleticism rather than just their sexuality? You want them to do the bench press or what? Something like to, it. some some CrossFit stuff. There's some pretty well, like, incredible well, body you, plyometrics things you can do. Maybe last, juggling. La- yeah, <laughs> juggling. That'd well, be good. Yeah. Last NBA chasing game. a frisbee. <laughs> <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> Last NBA game I, I went to, they did the thing where they had the, the and I had the front row seats, so it was super amazing to see. But um, do the athletes freaking bouncing on those little trampolines and doing like oh, five yeah. flips and dunk, dunking the basketball, which yeah. is just amazing. How you don't end up breaking your arm off, like break it off at the elbow, and it's just hanging there with blood spewing out is amazing <laughs> oh, to me. that's a nice picture. But uh, something like that I find entertaining. Super hot chicks gyrating right in my face. I think, what, what am I supposed to stare? Or what? This is just weird. This is uncomfortable. How about the combat sports? <laughs> Throw up a quick octagon, have a couple guys beating on each other. A Christian and a lion? <laughs> oh, wait. Can you get that going? How about uh, a I, cooking demonstration? How about the guys in the big inflatable? Uh, wow, Michael, that's an excellent idea. What do we do next? Well, we add the cream, add it slowly. How about uh, how about those inflatable uh, samurai suits? Not samurai sumo suits. Oh, that's Doesn't always a good time. Love those? Yeah, come on. Okay, Jack. It's a good time. The Jack, kids can enjoy it. I've got several. They agree with me, and I don't know if this is from when men and women. Also got this one, Jack. You clearly don't understand girls and women. They're athletes competing. The best dancers. Blah, blah. Okay, then why are you dressing them in their underwear? If it's, it's just, less if restrictive. It's, if it's just about the athletic moves, and why do you got to do this move? Oh, if you're boy. Just doing Please that never do that. Stop again. that. I've yeah. only seen that move one other place. Yeah, I'm heading directly to HR after seeing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you appear to be uh, simulating intercourse there, sir. So, come on. Don't tell me it's about the athleticism. Come on. I'll tell you what. Some of the dancing you see these days is nasty. You nasty. Know, yeah. Well, it's like they're doing the nasty. It's nasty. Yes. That is what they're attempting. Right. That's what they're portraying. Yes. 
You know, I also have this theory that in songs, when guys are talking, I want to hold your hand. I don't think that's what they want to do. <laughs> that's not where they're going. You think? Anyway, so uh, every team having male cheaters, did you say, or just a couple? A couple it's so far. taken off. Yeah. And, yeah. and then <clears throat> very quickly, since it, it worked in one team, men will come forward and say, hey, you, don't, you, you better have two people, you better hire me for this team, or I'm going to take it to the streets. <laughs> and would people protest and rise to the bait on that? <sighs> This isn't fair for some reason. It's kind of low on my list. <laughs> yeah, of causes? Yeah, it is low on the list. Skilled male dancers have the right to debase themselves as well. I think it all should go away. More, more dogs catching frisbees. Here, here. Who doesn't like that? Everybody likes that. Right, right. Although, and what you've been advocating for years, the old-timey marching band. Right. Huh? Playing the old songs. Love it. Spelling oh, out John, words. John Philip Sousa. <laughs> Marching ba, ba, da, da, ba, da, ba, da, oh, look at the patterns, ba. honey. Look at the patterns. Huh? It's entertainment. How much time do we have, Michael? Too much, apparently. No. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, we prepared 59 minutes worth of entertainment entertainment for this hour. But so those are a couple of things you can look forward to for the most popular sport in America, male cheerleaders and the national anthem thing, which it would seem is going to be bigger this year. They were hoping to make it smaller this year, but that controversy is going to be bigger this year. Going to be brutal. As no team knows what they're supposed to do. Plus a couple of bizarro rule changes. I'm telling you, the NFL is going to be a, a, uh, a, a well, many fusters will be clucked. Do you think like one of those scooters in San Francisco? All sorts of S on it. <laughs> Very much like the poopy scooters. You think this is the year the NFL really takes a, a, a nosedive? I wonder. I don't know. The no coming back year. It could be a bad one. Mm -hmm. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.